Inspiring Business Leaders, brought to you by Durham University Business School. Today's episode is supported by Durham's Business Master's programs. Take the next step in your career as one of our masters helps you find your focus. Choose from a range of subjects from a triple accredited and world-leading business school with dedicated career support and excellent employer links. Visit durham.ac.uk forward slash masters. Hi listeners, I'm Chris Roberts and this is The Lemonade Principle, a podcast from Durham University Business School that brings you the stories of inspirational Durham alumni from around the world. My guest this week is the Head of Global Distribution at Coltracro Ultrasonics, Chloe Barker. You might recognize Coltracro from the last series when I spoke to their chairman, Carl, for two episodes and I was delighted to have Chloe join me in this series. Chloe joined Coltracro in 2017 and she's risen to a senior position in no time. We discuss how she first heard about the company while she was studying, starting part-time in her final year before joining full-time after she graduated. She's been on an uphill trajectory ever since, and we explore the nature of her role in a company that operates across 150 countries around the world. And we get an insight into global supply chains. And Chloe explains how the pandemic impacted distribution networks around the world and how they adapted in response to it. We also get a real insight into the advantages of joining a smaller company, or SME, and some of the opportunities that this can present. This wasn't something we'd actually planned to cover in our conversation, but I'm very happy that we did, and I'm confident that you'll take a lot away from it. So this is my conversation with Chloe Barker. Hi listeners, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really pleased to have Chloe Barker with me today. Chloe is the head of global distribution from a company called Coltraco Ultrasonics, a name you might remember from the last series because I had their chairman, Carl Hunter, on for a couple of episodes. So I'm really pleased to be able to kind of carry that on in the new series too. But first of all, Chloe, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Chris. I'm very excited to be a part of this. I'm glad to have you. Why don't we start with a bit of an introduction from yourself? Yes, of course. Uh, my name is Chloe Barker. I'm the head of distribution at Coltraco Ultrasonics, and I'm a Durham graduate, and I graduated in 2017. Cool. That leads us right on to the first question. I mean, one thing I always ask people on this, on this podcast, obviously, everybody's a Durham graduate from, from different degrees and different subjects. Why don't we start then by telling us about your time at Durham? Because you're a fairly recent graduate too, right? Yes, that's right. I graduated five years ago, um, 2017. So I was really fortunate to go to Josephine Butler. I was in Josephine Butler College um, and I studied archaeology and ancient civilizations. So um, quite different to what I'm doing now, but it was a fantastic degree course. I actually got to do excavations in places places like um, Egypt and wow. also uh, County Durham. <laughs> let, let us not disregard that, but um, it was a brilliant time. I had a fantastic time at university and it's really set me up for the career that I'm in now. It's really interesting. I love that. I love that kind of and that discrepancy is probably the, long, the wrong word, but yeah. lots of people do study something that they, they do something completely different when they go on. How have you found that? Did you find that your studies were helpful anyway? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the things that Durham does really well is um, teaching people transferable skills um, that my housemates, my friends that I live with um, and, and for fellow Durham graduates, we had such a range of degrees between us, things like criminology, history, geography. And it's really interesting to see the careers that everyone has um, ended up in, because I think uh, at Durham, we're taught so many skills and how to hold, hold ourselves professionally that it opens up the world to us criminology graduate over here not doing anything oh, to do with go. criminology now so I totally relate to that <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so how did you find out about the company you now work for 
Yeah, when I, um, so actually I went on a bit of a frenzy during Freshers' Fair um, in first year and signed up to pretty much every association that I and society that I possibly could. Um, I joined the Durham University Women in Business Society. And in amongst, actually, I also joined a caving society. So you can sort of give you the, the, the feel of how many things I was signing up for. But um, uh, when the, I was on the mailing list of the Women in Business. And as a result, um, I remember getting an email and it said about this company called Traco Ultrasonics and they were looking for uh, people to join them in a part-time capacity with potential for internships and sort of careers from it and they were hosting an open day at St John's College so I just went along um, and that's how I sort of came across it not really knowing anything about business um having been an archaeology undergraduate um I I wasn't really I'd actually funnily enough I remember at the open day, um, Carl, who who was on the podcast previously, he, they, he asked a question: "What? How would you define marketing?" And funnily enough, in the meeting uh, in in that in that day, I didn't really know what marketing was. So you know, I think it shows the journey that I've been on in the past seven years because that was in my second year. So. I was fortunate to be a part of them, uh, part of Coltraco working part-time as I was a student. I did the summer internship programme um, and then lucky enough to join them uh, in their graduate programme also. And that was five years ago. And here I am <laughs> five years later. There's two things on that really that, that really interests me. First of all, you know, your first role, I'm right, I'm right, I think I'm right in saying, was in marketing. Yes, that's Coltraco, right. And you had no idea what marketing was. No. So how, did, how did you manage that? Well, later on in that in that um in that uh, that open day uh, I actually got speaking to the the head of marketing and sort of she decided she described to me what marketing is the generation of inquiries being able to work in things like social media email marketing website marketing and that really took an interest um, I really didn't know much about uh, that area or or even the opportunities that were available to someone in marketing and once I joined the company I did start in marketing and I actually did a postgraduate diploma in digital marketing so it goes that was quite a transformational journey from not really even understanding what it is to coming out with a with a postgraduate diploma in it that's, that's really cool I mean but also the other question I had was around you worked for Coltraco before you even graduated you, yes. you said you worked for them part-time was it yeah that's right yeah we I used to do um I used to do I think it was five hours a week just administration Mm. tasks so five hours a week I do my my pieces of work and then uh, you put your invoice in and 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 then get paid and I think that's really important because um for somebody who's a student trying to gain professional experience can be very difficult Mm. and I think there's a lot of um companies um and and programs that are available to students but they don't offer any paid work and that's particularly difficult for someone who's you know living on a student um budget and and trying to trying to earn some money and that's a real you know real attractive point for a student but to 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 help gain some professional experience and earn some money at the same time so mm-hmm. that's something that cold Traco now having uh, been a part of helping undergraduates join the company since I've been working here is something that's quite amazing is the fact that we offer paid part-time roles because mm-hmm. That's not really um, that common, actually. Mm. It's nice to have you on, to be honest, as well. I know Carl spoke a lot in his previous two episodes about the work he does with Durham. He's really passionate about Durham, isn't he? Yes. He, he genuinely does it as well. He doesn't just say nice yeah, things. He actually true. follows through, doesn't he? 
Yeah, absolutely. And even I think he was in Durham last week, uh, meeting some professors and student, students and speaking at, a, um, at an event because uh, we have opened the um, um, Durham Institute for Research, Development and Invention. Um, DIRDY is the short name for it. And it's a partnership between Coltraco, um, our company, and also Durham University for, for uh, wide research in things like physics, mathematics, computer science. And the, the purpose of it is, of course, to generate generate um you know scientific research but also to give opportunities to students i think that um, one of the goals that i think is particularly important about the institute is it offers undergraduates the chance to get real life experience whereas a lot of opportunities are typically for postgraduates and beyond so i think really there's a commitment to help undergraduates at durham and, and, and invest in the university Mm. Okay, so let's um, let's talk about your your current role. Let's talk yes. about what you're doing at the moment. Because I've I've spoken to you about love for, and I really like the way you describe <laughs> it. But before we do, um, I think we're going to talk about things like supply chain. So just yes. just for any listeners who don't know exactly what that means, could you? I don't want to put you on the spot, but could you give us a brief <laughs> ex, like, you know description of what a, what supply chains are, how they work, things like that. Yeah, exactly. So supply chains, um, I mean, I don't know what the uh, official terminology would be, but a supply chain would be the supply of components to make your equipment um, globally. So naturally, we have to have a supply chain and we are part of the supply chain for um, big corporations who use our equipment. So we sit firmly in the middle. We are British manufacturers. That means we make all our equipment here in the UK. Um, and and um, so we, we, we have our components that we make my role is once we've made our equipment that's wonderful um, we're very fortunate to have some excellent customers here in the UK but my role is to look overseas and um, find our partners that we work with globally. So we have something that we call the Global Distribution Network. Um, this is a, a network of uh, at, currently, as it stands, over 150 partners of ours. They're distributors and they work in their country. They they sell our equipment in the market sectors that they are expert in. So that is my role is to um, appoint new distributors, but also to work with them on a daily basis and help them help them with the challenges that they face in their in their market. Mm. So what is it? A day in the life of, of Chloe look like? <laughs> my day starts in Asia and ends in America. So I wake <laughs> up in the morning and I, I've got my wonderful distributors who are operating in Australia. Then I move over to um, to, to Asia and moving across to Central Europe, also the, the Middle East. Then you come across and then you get to uh, North America and South <laughs> America. So my day starts in, in that pattern. I wake up in the morning and my email is already pinging um, mm. and, and my WhatsApp is going and, um, and you know, I'm on my my desk because um, I always see that uh, the day quite globally and you have to be able to do that if you're going mm. to be able to cover so many markets as we're fortunate to do. Mm. I have some experience of working with Chinese companies with some of the students that we work with and you know if you don't if you don't do that work first thing you don't do that work that day. Oh that's true it's... yeah I know it's absolutely true and uh, I do um, I, I always say that I travel the world from my living room <laughs> Um, you know, I start I start in the morning on a Zoom call, you know, mm. let's say in Australia and then eight Zoom calls later, I've made my way to Canada, <laughs> you know, so it's a, and, a, and I think it's quite an amazing thing to be able to do. I'm not sure there's many people that can say that they do that, but working in international businesses, certainly it, it's such an interesting thing because you meet so many people. And what I love is that when I speak to somebody in in 
in their markets in their country can have a real understanding of what the situation is is like and especially during covid that's been very interesting because covid has affected different countries in different ways and mm-hmm. um different markets have have been resilient in different manners and and for example when when market is down for example since south america took a hit then asia was reopening so it's interesting mm. to be able to have quite a global view um by sitting right in the middle where we are in england yeah. um of the situation in the world do you find that you have to use different platforms to communicate with people too uh, kind of most effectively i find that with work in, in china and the uk a little in india too and, like we have yeah. a slightly different platform there. do you find that you you're jumping from your phone oh, to yeah, use WhatsApp yeah. to your emails to use another Absolutely. one. Absolutely. I mean, especially in China, you have WeChat that you have to yep. have to use. Then a lot of people, um, especially in India and Middle East, use WhatsApp. Um, mm. Then uh, I think in America, people typically like emails and telephone. Mm. And so, and then you also have Teams and Zoom. So Microsoft Teams and Zoom. So you end up like having things open all the time. I mean, um, Pete, my, my husband, when he looks at my computer tabs, he's often disgusted by the amount of tabs that I've got open on my phone and and and, and computer because you just have to to be able to cover mm. the global markets it's an interesting study though isn't it and, and you know you've got to communicate with people the way that they best communicate and you've got to meet yeah. people where they are otherwise it doesn't work yeah and, and I think it's so interesting that communication platforms have changed so much in the past two years mm. and interestingly as a company called Traco prior to COVID, our response to some, um, let's say we wanted to set up a distributor in India, would be to travel to India, which would take, mm. you know, two days of, of travel, plus your meetings and your stay. And then you come back and you, you have to debrief from the meeting. Whereas now we're covering countries. I mean, we, we operate in 120 countries. So mm. Carl, our chairman, he was traveling globally. He was traveling to 30, 40 countries a year um, for, for a very long part of his career um but now we're able to travel the world using our software and uh, and i actually think that in some ways it's far more efficient because mm. we're, for example yesterday just yesterday we we did a webinar and um and we had over 100 people join us around about 100 people join us from all around the world and it's mm. quite amazing that nobody had to travel anywhere just yeah. to all receive the same information it's a strange one isn't it because in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it's nice to travel. We like to travel. Yes. Go to new countries. We like to like yes. say that. That's what we do for a job. But like you say, it's way more efficient to be able to yes, do it from your living room. And it's, you know, it's, it's more environmentally friendly too. There's, there's yeah. so many different benefits to it. And if, if the outcome is the same, then, then why would we go back yeah, to doing exactly. it the way it was before? I think the I think the major um, benefit for us is time saving because of course like it, it, we used to do about ten exhibitions a year mm-hmm. and um, and we have we've now got wonderful partners our distributors in the country who are attending them and you know they're able to to go and see the customers and represent us just in the uh, the way that we would and we mm-hmm. we've not had to travel um, and we've also saved that time of 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 when you get back and you have to catch up with everything and yeah. we're able to support our distributors sometimes we've even joined distributors on zoom whilst they're at an exhibition or a conference so i think the the world of zoom and teams is here to stay i'm sure Mm. i have to agree to be honest yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) one of the things we talk to students about um is uh the difference between joining big kind of global firms that you know of the opportunities that you have in that compared to joining smaller companies or smes and things like that and obviously you've joined an sme Mm. um and one of the things we we often say is that 
you get a chance to maybe do more things if you work with an SME. Yes. Um, and there's different pros and cons for both sides of it. But it looks like you've progressed really quickly into a you know a very senior position. Would you say that's that's true? And how have you found yeah. that experience? Yeah, that is true. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you uh, more. There are pros and cons to both, but I'm a huge advocate for joining SMEs. I think that when you're in university, there's a great panic in third year. You All of a sudden, it feels like the world is descending upon your shoulders and that you're going to graduate and you're not going to have a job. And there, I, you know, I remember my, me and my housemates all frantically looking around at graduate schemes and desperation mm. and it's quite amazing to see where everyone has has ended up because for, for myself and, and for working for an SME by working in a in a smaller corporation you have a real opportunity to make to make changes and, and have a chance at trying whatever whatever you would like mm. at Cold Traco, the ethos has very much been if you're interested in the sales even a part of you then have a go. If you're mm. interested in marketing, then have a go. If mm. you'd like to know more about the research and development, then to take some weeks and have a try there. And I think mm. that's one of the wonderful things about working in a smaller corporation is the work that you do really matters. And mm. you have the chance to find an area that you find really interesting and progress in it. I mean, our distribution network, we, we massively, um, changed that with the pandemic so prior to covid it was we had resellers so we had people who worked with us in a more ad hoc fashion but we didn't have a formalized network it was something that i was particularly interested in and in 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 um 2020 when when covid struck was something that we took upon um changing and designing and i really enjoyed it and mm. as a result it's been an area that i am now able to I, I now lead and mm. that was something that two years ago wasn't a particularly large part of the the company so it's quite amazing really to to have that opportunity in front of you to to work for a smaller company and and, and be able to make a real difference I think that's a big eye-opener for listeners you know for students who are in their final year because there's obviously a big pull to the big name companies and the bigger mm. firms people want to work for those companies but you're never going to get to the stage where you are now as quickly as you have if you work for one of those companies because there's a very clear progression route and it yes. takes a long time to get through whereas you've been able to try a lot of different things um, learn marketing from scratch yes. basically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> find yourself in a position where you're ahead of you know basically a department within the space of five years after graduating and that's, yes. that's some achievement it's something for students to think about yeah, absolutely. And I think that small companies, well, the same with large companies, also invest in your development. So I mentioned that I've done a postgraduate diploma in digital marketing, and that was something that Coltraco supported me for. And I'm shortly going to be joining a business management course. And again, that's something that um, when, when you're a part of a small company, I think Carla said before, every small action you do has a meaning. Mm. So it really is important to, to invest in your people because, and I think small companies and, and medium-sized corporations do that really well um, mm. because you're so important to the business and because of the opportunities, there's really no limit to your growth. And that's yeah. something that's really exciting. And I, I have no, you know, I, I, anyone I would speak to I would urge them to consider corporate you know rather than just a graduate scheme which are, are brilliant and I have nothing mm. negative to say about them but I'd also consider people to uh, look at small and medium um, enterprises to, to join um, after university. 
Mm, it's exactly the thing we say as well. Widen your net a little. Look yeah, at what opportunities yeah. are out there because you don't know what what progression route you're going to take. And you yeah. know, you might be studying archaeology and become head of global <laughs> distribution. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So no, you're right, Chris. It's uh, there are a great amount of opportunities out um, in, and there are so many British businesses and international businesses who are doing really exciting work. And mm. I think that um, some of the companies that I've met from working at Coltrack Ultrasonics are doing such great groundbreaking innovation and all of that is open for for students to join so my number one message would be to anyone who's who's leaving is don't panic um, and <laughs> and take some time to really have a look at different opportunities within the market for yourself when you graduate yeah so you've touched on the pandemic a few times already in the conversation yes. that we're having um, I'm really keen to get your point of view on on how the pandemic actually impacted global supply chains when we had Carl on um, in the previous series he talked a lot about what the company's response was and what his response was so we've, we've got a bit of that um, I would nudge anyone back to that episode if you'd like to find out more um, but from your point of view uh, working in distribution how did it impact supply chains because from somebody who you know doesn't know much about this it looked like the world stopped yeah, and, and, and to some degree, we experienced that. I think Carl probably touched upon the fact that um, our 50% of our sectors just disappeared overnight. Hmm. It was that moment when we realized as a company and that we had to do something, you know, we, we, mm. we have to diversify. And so we've created new technologies in different markets. And who better to support us than a global network of distributors? So that's exactly mm -hmm. what I'm doing, supplying to distributors globally who have the market expertise and um, we can learn a lot from them. It's quite amazing when I speak with distributors about the experiences they're having. And, and, it, and we have been um, quite forgiving to our distributors because um, in some cases that COVID has hit them very difficult and they have been unable to make you know some commitments that they want to but we've been trying to say to our distributors that we support them and understand the difficulty of the pandemic and we wish to work together for long-term resilience that's what we mm. we've seen and, and had to learn because of the pandemic mm. so what kind of were there any specific challenges that you faced through the last couple of years uh, anything that you had to try new things to, to, to kind of resolve them Yes, in some ways. I mean, especially when um, uh, we, we previously used to have a network of, um, of, of resellers, so where we would have uh, partners working with us on an ad hoc basis and pretty much anybody could, could, could sell for us. But when COVID came, I mean, that very much disappeared. <laughs> mm. You know, everyone was then fighting to save their businesses. So we're in a position where we are trying to expand when lots of companies are having very um, difficult periods. And so one thing that we didn't overcome and overdapped is create our distribution strategy and that means that we work with companies exclusively now when we have one company that we're working with exclusively in a market it means that we can give them a lot of attention we can give lots of times for trainings we can give lots of resources we can help them in their sales we can provide them our marketing materials all of these things that we weren't doing before for our resellers and that allows our distributors who've invested in us we can invest in them and that's something the pandemic has taught us that that to have those exclusive partners where it is a, is such a great success because they're almost like a part of your company in mm. their country and it's an absolute joy to, to work with them also kind of sounds like i mean the impression i think some people get is that companies like to go out 
get as many customers as possible, yeah. make as much money as possible and do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. So what, what you're sort of saying is, um, you know, you know what you're good at. You're, you're more interested in building the relationships yeah. with the people that you're working with. And that's the kind of approach you're taking instead. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we are looking, we are selective in who we appoint as our distributors. Um, mm. We have sort of minimum requirements in place that they have to meet, such as some initial purchases and numbers of um, you know, units they purchase a year. And that allows us to, to only have the best. Mm. Um, so, I, I mean, and I mentioned we have about 150 um, uh, distributors signed and each one of those has been a negotiation on how we can best work together because mm. it's all about partnership there's no point us having as many distributors as possible but all of them having very short-term success and fizzling out what mm. we are looking for is long-term partners because as a company, we're investing so heavily in our technology and we're bringing new technologies to market. Well, who, what, what's better than having a network of people across the world who, as soon as your technology launches, you've got a network of people who are on your team who can immediately tell all of their customers in their market. So it's much more about long-term relationships. That is what we're looking for and work towards. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it's a stretch to be honest, but for, for what, what I'm kind of hearing is exactly the same approach that that Coltracker seems to have with recruitment too and yes. engaging with people, engaging with students like yourself while you're still yeah. on the program and then all, you know, investing in you as well yes. so that you can learn a new skill, you can, you can progress. So it sounds like it's a similar sort of approach really. Yeah, def definitely. I, I think the, the the company motto that comes from Carl is a company is, is made of a, the sum of its parts. So all of the people within it. So mm. Coltraco is a company. Every person is as valuable as each other. And if everybody's happy, it makes a sustainable and profitable company. And that's the same for our distributors as well. You know, our, our distributors are fundamentally really important to us. And yeah. so if we can invest in them and if we can if we can help them along the way, then that will come and be mm. profitable for us too so if they're happy we're happy yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah exactly so kind of go back to, to, your, to your job and, and the kind of things you do I imagine the last few years have been challenging for a lot of different reasons um you've mentioned that one of the things you do is try to to sort of recruit new distributors yes. um what was that like through the pandemic and how do you how do you convince somebody to invest in a company when the world sort of stopped yeah, that's a brilliant question. And actually, um, we had to create an entirely new strategy in order to recruit people because in order to in, uh, in, encourage somebody to become a distributor, you have to show them the opportunities that, that mm -hmm. there are in their market. We have wonderful technology and we have some brilliant customers here in the UK. If we can rep and globally and if we can replicate that within their markets it might be a new country or expanding in or a new market sector then that it is greatly profitable for for both for both for both mm. the company and the distributor so we had to come up with um, a brand new strategy and that meant being selective in who we chose and the way that we are selective is by um, requiring things like some upfront purchases. And we don't do those to be mean, um, but those who, who commit to us, we find have a great success because we have lots of areas of our technology that span so many different applications. Once a distributor's in, they're often amazed at all the, all, all the opportunities that come 
to them and, and we are so excited to, to work with our distributors because they um, we rely on them now you know they're a great mm. great part of our company and um, that's something we've had to learn how to do in the pandemic but on a day-to-day basis that means that you know I, I might speak to um, three or four companies that are wanting to become a distributor and that means having to present our technology what it is what the opportunities are I might have to speak with our existing distributors who, who might be working on a project and be really excited or want some training so the the day-to-days of working distribution can be very varied so your, your job sounds really interesting so you've got a touch of <laughs> a touch of sales in there and business development yeah. you're building relationships with businesses and with people because that's what it, that's what you know business is yeah. you're you're making sure operations run properly across the world it's 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 really interesting to hear about all yeah. the different things that you're responsible for. Yeah, it's re- it, it is such an interesting job. And I think one of the things that surprised us um, about uh, about our distributors is the what we call special projects. So some projects that that have arisen that we would never have had without them, that, you know, that, that there's opportunities in their market, much larger projects that um, that have have arisen. So, for example, you know, whether it's marine or naval projects working with the different Navy overseas or or. Mm. Or, an, or if a distributor comes to us with a new requirement for equipment, and that means that um, our research and development team have got a new application or maybe a new device or, 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 mm. or, or some work that they can do on some of some of our existing technology. So on a day to day, you have to cover so much ground. Um, mm. And actually, the team that I have in the distribution team are wonderful. We have so many spreadsheets because, you know, we've got to track what's happening with our candidates, with our existing distributors and actually one one of my um one of my wonderful team members leah has just done this amazing log on portal where a distributor can log on and essentially get everything that they need from it so it's trying to foresee what a distributor may need in Mm. order to be successful and that's exactly what we're trying to do Mm. i I do hope that uh, listeners you know to this episode can hear how much you clearly enjoy what you do yeah. it's it's really nice to hear it is because you know you've been in a job for five years and that's a yeah. long time to be yeah. seven years if you can't time you were studying I think it was wasn't it yeah. six seven years and that's that's a difficult thing to achieve in any career that's I think true. and yeah. um you know you've you've progressed you've I hope that one of the things students take away when they listen to this is that SMEs are a really valid option and you can you can try so many things if you go down that route as well the other you know bigger companies are there to apply for but smas are such a such a valid option that and there's a lot of joy to be had in it too totally a lot of joy and i can only shout from the rooftops to have a you know to have a look and i think you know it's great because durham i think promotes a lot of opportunities for students and the careers department really um help and I would never have known about the opportunities with Cold Tracker if it wasn't for the Women in Business Society as well. So there's some great societies in Durham that work across lots of um, lo- lots of different um, companies, small and large, that are providing uh, opportunities. And there's a lot of happiness to be had as well in the freedom that you have to 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 um, expand your career. I never thought even three years ago about distributors it wasn't something mm. I even knew anything about so it's wonderful it's really really wonderful to to, to, to be here now it's amazing where you end up isn't it yeah yeah that's for sure. <laughs> it's nice it's nice that you talk about societies and things too I've had guests previously talk about societies they've joined um I think I had someone say that they'd never done a triathlon um before and they joined <laughs> the triathlon society and then they ran for their country that was previous guest. Wow. so it's amazing what people what happens when people do the extra things 
when they're at university and then we've, I've talked about colleges before as well and I know you mentioned yeah. that and Durham are, are very kind of different for having the college college set. so it's nice to hear that those things have had an impact on you yeah, absolutely. I think college is, oh, I was quite lucky because I was at Josephine Butler, which obviously the careers fair, well, when I was at university was mm. there. So that was quite handy for, for a lot of people. But the college environment is very um, important because I think you have your mentors and you have your, your people there to support you, who if you know you need some additional help or you're struggling with something, there's a great network of support in Durham. And mm. I think even things like the careers department, like you can just book an appointment and you can have a special I mean, a lot of people um, outside of universities would would love to, to be able to have somebody that they could just go and see and, and, and have some, here's a selection of job opportunities that you can apply for. And, mm. and that's one of the wonderful things about Durham, the societies, the colleges, the support network within it that gives the students, I mean, speaking from my personal experience I, I've got friends my friends from university who are teachers who are um, doing CBT therapy who are working for the government who are working mm. in as an accountant working in finance you know that my, my friends from Durham have gone on to do amazing things and, and I think that's one of the, um, the one of the joys about um, going to university in Durham is the opportunities that you have so mm. to any undergraduates who are worrying about their future which we all validly did you know because it feels almost <laughs> like impending doom in year three in your third or fourth year that there's such a great amount of opportunities and everyone has has been very successful like they mentioned careers from my point of view I think people sometimes don't realize what they have until they don't have it anymore but I think sometimes as well careers is a little bit of an afterthought that you only panic about at the very end <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true yeah no it, it no it is true I, I I remember in third year or it was must have been first term and everyone was sat around on their computers in like our kitchen desperately looking for graduate schemes mm. and things and you know I think the careers department is wonderful because it's a way to maybe take a more calm calm approach than mm. than, than what we did <laughs> yeah and you don't need to know what you think what you what you're doing to have no. an appointment with somebody you could you yeah. could go and say I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> yeah Help. exactly yeah and one of the other things that I learned from my experience at Durham and with Colchaco and the business society is to look out for opportunities in places that you um might not see I mean for, for me I just received an email on my phone and I just took a chance you know I didn't mm. know particularly anything about business but I thought it would be good to get some more experience and to learn more and I think that's um one of the pieces of advice I'd offer to students is if some uh, opportunity comes across your way whether it's e your email of a society you're pointing that always encourage having a go because even because you might find out you love something in the case that I'm so lucky that I've managed to have this career where I didn't know anything about it before mm. or maybe you'll have a go at something and think it's not for me but at least you know you've had a go so I, I'd mm. always you know other piece of advice would take any opportunity that comes across across your you know that you that you get offered. I think that's really good advice and then uh, you know, bearing in mind that we've just talked about how you couldn't have predicted where you would end up and, and the things yeah. you would do uh, what's what do you think the future holds for you what, what what's on your agenda over the next couple of years well I, I I'm 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 I'm, that, I'm there to find that out what recently I've begun uh, begun working very closely with our chairman in his office which I think um so we're we're working very closely together and and that is the overall management of the company and and I'm very fortunate to um, be doing a management uh, business course soon um which is a, a government run course so um I'm just looking to continue and expand and grow my skills um because I've learned so much in five years that within the next five years there's a 
lot more to learn. <laughs> and so it's wonderful to be in a company like Cold Traco, where I've got lots of opportunities ahead of me. And, you know, it's great to continue the work with the distributors and also still doing work with marketing and all the different areas that we operate in commercially. It's, it's very exciting and interesting. That's really good to hear. I love the, um, I love that idea of, you know, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's all you find out, that you don't know anything <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I think, you know, having only graduated five years ago, there's still quite a lot to, uh, there's a lot to learn. So, you know, that's, uh, but but it's, it's um, it's it, actually, I was a bit surprised when I just checked when I graduated earlier, you know, five years, because that's gone so quickly. Mm. And I think that's a testament to how much I've enjoyed my time with Coltraco and the work that I'm doing at Coltraco Ultrasonics is that five years felt like possibly two or you know yeah 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 it's been an absolute joy to speak to you it's really nice to see the kind of spark you've got especially after five years of working for the same company and progressing your way through so honestly thank you so much for joining me oh no thank you very much for having me Chris no it's been a, it's been a great pleasure to be part of your podcast As I said at the beginning of this episode, the opportunities involved with joining an SME wasn't something we'd actually planned to cover, but it was something that naturally flowed from the conversation, and that's always a sign of a good conversation. You might be thinking about your options now and wondering what you can apply for, what you can do next, or even what you want to do when you graduate, and it's tempting to see the big names as the only valid option. But Chloe is an example of someone who took an opportunity. She joined a smaller company and her career really took off from there. Now, it's obviously great if the bigger names and the bigger organizations is the way you want to go. And there are a lot of advantages to be had from doing that. But it was nice to get the perspective of someone who chose a different route. As Chloe says, working in a smaller company usually means you have the chance to try a lot of different things. And where you might be a small cog in a huge machine with a bigger firm, everything you do really matters and has a visible impact on the business when you work for an SME. And that can be super rewarding. You can often progress faster in an SME too. And Chloe's a testament to that as head of global distribution after five years with Coltraco. It was also really interesting to hear about the work Chloe does with her day starting in Asia, traveling across the world and ending in America. That's a real insight in the nature of a role that incorporates different parts of the world. And it was good to hear a little about the methods of communication you need to, to communicate effectively with people in different parts of the world. Chloe's a brilliant example of what can happen when you take opportunities that are in front of you. Her experience shows the value of networking too, whether that's professional networking, or simply joining clubs and societies at university, or turning up to an event that you saw in an email. Consider it a lesson in taking opportunities. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. I've been Chris Roberts, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.